Welcome to That Tattoo Show, hosted by me, Paul Talbot and Chris Harrison. Each month we sit down and discuss current tattoo topics, including how the internet, social media and technology in general have changed the challenges facing the modern day tattooists in an informal, down-to-earth way that's aimed at artists of all levels and abilities. That Tattoo Show is made possible with the support of Electrum Supply. Head over to www.electrumsupply.com and pick up some industry-leading tattoo products for your next tattoo. Welcome back to your weekly Sunday tattoo chat, that tattoo show. Yeah, every week. Every week, on a Sunday that we do every week on YouTube and a podcast. Shout out to the podcast listeners, hello. Well, we film it on a Tuesday. <laughs> Still a work in progress, we're figuring it out. I like this new Welcome intro. back everybody, how's your Sunday going? It's not Sunday for us, it's Tuesday night as I'm sure you all know by now, but we'll, all, we'll pretend it's Sunday. My Sunday's good man, I'm actually waiting for my Sunday dinner to be cooked on Sunday today. <laughs> Because it is Sunday. I will be on my, uh, probably on my hands and knees somewhere in my house uh, building things. That's what she said. This particular Sunday. Yeah. That, that was, sorry, I watched, that's from the, I watched The Office today. So many that's what she said moments. I'll have edited that comment out in, in order that we don't get loads of people with I'm offended comments. I'm offended. <laughs> it should have been that's what non gender specific person said. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, well, never mind. So, welcome back. Uh, this week's show is another one of the ones that's based off of my column in um, Total Tattoo. Sorry, I'm just kind of... I was just tripped myself up there where I, I noticed I've picked up a couple of Americanisms. I spent too much, too much time this week on the phone with Americans. So you'll have to bear with me as I my accent and my and my language crosses back over the Atlantic. <laughs> you sp- you saw, you're spelling colour wrong and everything, like... I'm spelling colour wrong and everything. I'm recalling plasterboard, drywall and, you know, and all Walking that sort of stuff. Walking home on the sidewalk. Sidewalk instead of pavements and all that sort of stuff, but, yeah. It, Trash it, can. Garbage can. You just, you get so used to having to translate. After a while, you just stop translating back. Yeah. And people look at me, like... Funny, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I just spend quite a lot yeah. of time on the phone with Americans at the moment. Um, so anyway, this is from my column in Total Tattoo Magazine. Every month I write a column, and I try to um, pass on a little bit of advice that I've been given, but not the kind of, how far do you put the needle in, what kind of red should you buy type of advice. This is the more kind of ethereal, businessy, how do you navigate being a creative in the 21st century type of advice, which I've had over the years from a number of people, and I do think it's given me an advantage. Me and Chris have had lots of conversations about this over the last couple of years. Over the years, really, but yeah. obviously, obviously quite a lot more over the last couple of years. And Chris has employed a couple of them because when he's well, seen them the in pro- progress, he's, he's realised that actually... A lot of this stuff that seems weird when you first start doing it, it actually gives you a massive advantage as a creative. I will, but I just want to say then that this is the big thing. It's like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that Paul has said to me over the over the years and some of the stuff that he said in these videos and I've gone, okay, and I'm going to implement those. Um, so if my career fails within the next 12 months, I, I'm going to blame Paul. It's all but, my uh, fault. <laughs> yeah, it's all my fault. But like, so far, like everything that I've been doing is working. Like I was just saying to Paul now, like I've, for a while, like I'm such a as a, as a tattooist I do lots of different styles um, and I've always been known as like that guy that does the cartoony stuff and I've re- never really kind of like 
than what I've wanted to do, let's say. So what I've started doing after listening to like one of the uh, some of the advice of one of the other episodes is I've just been smashing out like stuff that I want to create, something that, you know, uh, speaks to me, if that makes sense. It involves things that I like, you know, and, and something that I enjoy doing. And like I've just been smashing that out and pushing it on social media. And by pushing it I mean just posting it quite regularly as reels. Um and it is starting to pay off because I am starting to get clients booking in for that style of work. It's just going to take a little while because I'm so booked up. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, I want to do this all now. But yeah, no, it, 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 it's working. Like, no, the advice that you give to everybody in the magazine and... Talking of social media and advice, right, I'm going to give you all a tip. I'm going to give Chris this tip, but I'm going to give you guys this tip. Now, this is really early doors for this, but if you get on it now, you'll be well in front by the time uh, the shit hits the fan. Uh, so most big businesses now in marketing and, you know, the, the, uh, the marketing departments looking after big brands, um, actually Instagram is now fifth on the list of social media things in, in order of importance. So what I thought I'd turn you on to is... The thing that you need to do, as mad as this might sound, the thing that you all need to do in 2022 is you need to set yourself up a Facebook fan page. So is that, no, is that obviously I've got a Facebook page as a tattoo artist. That, that, that's what they are. Yeah, your Facebook page. Yeah, Yeah. so I, no, I'm, I'm saying like you're not on about making like a separate... No. Make yourself a Facebook page. They're referred to as fan pages, but make yourself a Facebook page and start tending to it posting content to it and all that because underpriced attention is currently the best place you can get it is Facebook. And also Facebook has got organic reach back now. Is it? So if you got 10,000 followers on your page and you post a picture, 10,000 people see it. See, this is this is what bugs me about, sorry, about, about social media. It's like, you know, I've got 12,000, 12,500 followers on Instagram and when I'm yeah. posting like reels like the, the amount of reach I'm getting on is fucking terrible and it's just like why are you not letting the people that follow me see my fucking work unless I pay you like well you no mean? but that's the point that's the point and that's what I'm saying like I wonder if like Facebook has gone back to just organic reach because everyone's like fuck you Facebook I'm not fucking yeah. paying for it like. well I think because Facebook had a lot of negative press they um They've lost a lot of advertisers, like big money advertisers. So they've had to open it up to the little guys like us. The problem that we've got with Instagram at the moment is that realistically, they don't need us anymore. There's enough advertisers on there spending money and essentially until somebody catches on, it'll just be, it could, we could find a situation where you've just got companies advertising their products to other companies because there are no users left using it because nobody's getting to see anything but adverts right, right? it's just know, yeah it's just how it is you know I, I but your reach like... is fucked on instagram just like yeah don't give up on instagram because our industry moves technology very slowly so you know you can come back in three years time and we'll still be using instagram in the tattoo world but at the moment if you if you were thinking of running an advert for your tattoo business and you want the cheapest price with the biggest bang for your buck, Facebook adverts on your fan page. That's what you want at the moment. You heard it here. It's not really going to catch on for another 12 to 18 months. 
by the time people finally give up on Instagram. But most businesses, including us, uh, we've got on our list now, Instagram is fifth on the list of things that we worry about, you know. Fucking wild, And man. get yourself a fucking website designed for mobile phones. Don't design it for your browser on your laptop. Design it for a mobile phone. You, know, that you need to do that. You need to start driving that stuff there because... Um, I think I think Instagram's going to get worse if I'm honest before it gets better If it, and by the time they decide to try and make it better it might be too late but that's not what we're talking about today I think with, with Facebook though with, with Instagram they got the money behind it to sustain the business haven't they so if it, if it, if it dips for a couple of years it'll be okay well like. until such a point that you get something like a TikTok come along um, and realistically every Everybody that was on Instagram that's under 30 has now gone to TikTok, and everybody who's over 30 has gone back to using Facebook. Mm. And it's and like because Instagram is is just so difficult to use uh, or to get any kind of real reach, you know, um, you you really have to post every single day, um, and it's it's really gearing everybody to just towards posting just inane content. It's like. Like post five times a day of your dog falling over and things like that, you know. It's, it's just non-content, right? Um, if you're trying to make something good, uh, it's not the place to put it, you know. Uh, the other one that you need to, uh, need to have a look at um, and pay a bit of attention to is YouTube Shorts. That's number two on the list. Well, so, we have been smashing them lately, have we? Well, you may have noticed uh, we've been doing a bunch of YouTube Shorts recently and this is on the back of our research. So we'll be, in, certainly in the new year, um, by the time I've got a few things uh, cleared away, we'll be doing a lot more with the Facebook page. We'll be doing a lot more with the YouTube shorts and stuff like that. We'll continue with the Instagram because obviously, like I said, the industry is going to carry on using it, but you do need to start thinking about that. Shit and the fan are coming together, I'm afraid. And Instagram, Woo. it's been so eroded by TikTok. I mean, TikTok basically has you know is the instagram killer for if you're under 30 and if you're over 30 most people have just gone back to using facebook you know um yeah so that's what we do but you heard it here but that's not what we're talking about this week this week we're talking about focus really where i want to start to kind of explain it to you and to chris is um and i've got to split it because i think depending on your age will be depending on what you've grown up hearing and learning right so if you're younger you will so if you're under 30 i would say you will know about a thing called the gig economy and that's like young people who work as a pizza delivery guy in the evening bike messenger in the daytime and are, are apprenticing to become a tattooist you know this idea of having three or four different jobs that you do throughout the day to make your living right now that's a version of something because i'm not under 30 that's a version of something that years ago was called hustle culture so everybody was told you get your main gig but then everybody you got to have a couple of side hustles you got to do this you got to do that you got to you got to be busy you got to be busy so whenever anybody asks you what you're doing you go oh i've got this and i'm writing a movie then i'm recording an album i'm i'm doing this i'm doing that i'm doing the other and it's it's having all these side hustles going on yeah most of these like business gurus that tell you that you got to do all this sort of stuff are, are all starting to come out now and kind of go you know what it's a very poisonous culture to get yourself into. It's a very dangerous place to find yourself uh, because it can be, you know, destructive. So I want to tell you a story about how I learned not to do that. 
or know when to switch it on and when to switch it off. Because I don't mind being busy, but there's also a time where you go, like, I've got to focus on stuff. So I told you about the hobnob man and <laughs> the business training course that I was on. Don't worry, we're not getting into that. But this was one of those other conversations when he said to me. So to recap, um, I went on a little business development course and I only went on it because if you made a successful business plan, you got 500 quid. And at the time, 500 quid was, well, it's still, it's still a lot of money, but you know, it meant a lot more to me than it does today, right? Can I ask you a question? Yes, mate, yeah. When was that, did you see? This is about, this is about 2006. 2005 maybe something like that you know so this is a few years before I opened the shop but I knew where I was going at this point and what I was doing I was just putting a lot of stuff in place and so I'd got this idea um, that I was I was going to open this tattoo studio and I was going to do graphic design inspired tattoos and as we're having a cup of coffee the chap said to me so you know how do you see it all working and so I laid out for him my great big plan right you know I was going to have this is my initial idea was on the day of launch I would have a complete merchandise line you know with three or four different designs multiple t-shirts and sweatshirts and all that sort of stuff I'd also have a series of prints that were made for sale um, all kinds of digital tools available on my website and you know and all this sort of stuff and and he, he sat and, you know, he, he listened to me being, you know, really excited about all this stuff that I was going to do and the branding and what I was going to do with the website. And, you know, in, and it's like a ridiculous, like, list of things, right? And this is all the day I open. This will all be available. And, you know, I mean, it's, yeah. it, seems, it seems crazy now, but I was really excited about this thing that I was doing, right? And he turned around to me. And he paraphrased a quite famous quote that I'd never heard that goes, start today, use what you have. Oh, no, it was use what you have, do what you can, start today. All right? So one of the things that I'd said to him was that my vision for the tattoo studio was to have this New York-style loft apartment, you know, somewhere, you know, in the middle of Birmingham, um, you know, it was all decked out, done really industrial, like a, you know, like a fantastic kind of, you know, urban boho TV set and all this sort of stuff. So there's 150 grand, right? Easy before you've even started, right? And I got all the T-shirts there and I was going to have a retail section and all this sort of stuff, you know. There's probably another 150 grand there, right? And so what this guy said to me was, that's all well and good, but from what it sounds like to me that the style of things that you want to do are kind of popping off, if not right now, they're going to pop off in the next couple of years. So if you wait until you've got £300,000 to put all of this together, you're going to miss the boat. Mm. So if you use what you have, which is not a lot of money, do what you can, right, which is not much more than get the tattoo studio open and start today, which is the most important thing, is like just get started, right, and figure the rest out as you go along... Um, you'll be much better positioned. So we had a long conversation about that, you know, because I was like, I, I wanted this like, you know, really fancy studio and I wanted all these like fancy things to go with it. And if I didn't have them, I didn't think it would look legit or anything like that. And in the end, I had to agree with him that based on a time frame thing, rather than missing the boat, I would have been much better off to get whatever building I could afford 
do it the best I could and just get started. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I just find this something because, like, which is a, a really good example. And what you said earlier on actually kind of reminded me of it is, you know, do what you can with what you've got and everything. It's, uh, you know, you know the clothing brand Superdry? Yeah. Yeah, he started that up off a government grant when he was young. So yeah. he, he, had, he had no money, but he had the ambition and he had a grant off the government. Like, I think it was like, I'm not sure if it says how much it was. £40 a week government business grant and moving close from his London shop so at the age of 19 um, living off 40 quid a week and he had the government business grant which I think was like a couple of grand back then you know he started super dry which is now worth fuck me uh, in 2010 uh, stock market valuation of 400 million it's funny right because they used to sell, there's a, a British store, I don't know if it's still around, but it used to be called Bank, right? And they used to sell, in, in the bank store, they used to sell little designer brands that hadn't quite gone over ground yet. And so there used to be one in uh, one of my local shopping centres. And so I went in there, you know, like I'm a bit of a petrol head and I love all the, the kind of need for speed thing and fast and furious and all that sort of stuff. So, of course, to me, the original ones where it said like super dry fuel you know, performance fuel, and they all look like... I don't, you might not remember this if, you, if you're new to that sort of stuff, but the original Superdry stuff, it did look like an old, you know, kind of petrol-ed brand, right? And I loved it because it, it, looked, it looked like, you know, um, STP or, you know, um, you know, gasoline logos and all that sort of stuff, and I, I loved all that. And, but the first couple of T-shirts that I bought, they were two for a tenner. I mean, what's the super dry t-shirt? 30 quid, 40 quid, something like that? And the rest. Do you know what I mean? Good quality clothes, man. Yeah, they're fantastic quality clothes. I really like them. You know, I really like the super dry stuff. And I think they've always, you know, they've kind of retained some of the core brand, but they've done a really good job there of, like, going from a little designer brand and, like, like phasing it in to this great big brand. But you imagine if he'd have gone, instead of this 40 quid a week, I'm just going to wait till I've got... You know, four hundred million to start this business. You wouldn't. You'd never have super dry. No. So that's that's where I was at, right? So I was going to open this, you know, this urban boho style tattoo studio in a loft in a an apartment in Birmingham, and you know, try and make it look like New York and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And, and so I changed my plans. You know, I went back to the drawing board that week. I knew I was meeting in the following week. I went back to the drawing board. Um, I was ended up having a conversation with a really good mate of mine, and he said, "Well, the barber shop in the village is available. Like she's got a room out the back, and it was really cheap. It was really small, but it was like a cupboard. It was about the size of the room you're sitting in right now. Right, that was my entire first <laughs> yeah. studio. Right, it was really, but it was really cheap. I can walk to work. Right, it ain't fancy by any stretch of the imagination, but I can get started. Right, I." Forget the T-shirt line and for a while. Forget the you know the merch line and the, the branding and all that sort of stuff because there's nothing to brand because I ain't got a shop front, right? So I'm just in the back. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to take his advice. I'm going to I'm going to do this and I'll I'll get it I'll get it moving. So that's what we ended up doing was opening up in the back of a barber shop. Worked there for a couple of years, saved up a bit of money, and then long story short, the building I'm currently in. 
uh, came up for rent. And because I'd saved some money, I'd got enough to, you know, to put the put the first and last month's rent down and all that sort of business and, you know, um, sign a lease and give them a deposit and all that. And all the stuff that's happened since then, you know, being in magazines and conventions and awards and all, all that nonsense, all happened because I started. Because, you know, when I started doing it, it was a little tiny scene of, of like graphic tattoos, like just weird scribbly tattoos. And then I'd been doing it for a, at least a couple of years. And then this, you know, these people come out with this thing called Trash Polka. And all of a sudden, everybody knows what a graphic tattoo looks like, right? And had I been still been saving up me £300,000 to get my thing working, right? I'd have, I'd have missed the boat on that. So I find myself in a position at one point, I we've laughed about this a bunch of times, right, where I've gone, at one point, I was both the best and worst graphic tattooist in the UK because I was the only fucking one. Yeah. But where I found myself from a business point of view, this, all this stuff gets featured in all these magazines and people go, oh, I like the look of this stuff. This is good, right? And um, I wonder if there's anyone in England that does it because I don't fancy going all the way to Germany. Of course, they just... First thing they do is they go, oh, there's a bloke in Birmingham, does it? So that was it. And that's and that was really not because I was brilliant or anything like that. It's because I was there. <laughs> the only one there, like. But if you're the only game in town, the phone starts ringing, doesn't it? Oh, fuck now, yeah. if I'd still been if I'd still been saving up, right, and waiting to have it all perfect for the, all the perfect moments, I'd have missed the boat. And by the time I come along, I would have been one of 20, 30, 40... A million, I don't know, you know, graphic tattooists. It's like with this, with, with this YouTube channel. Do you know I mean it's like you know we've? I think the ambition that we've got for this channel, you know, if we'd waited until we'd had the money and and everything to do what we would have done, I don't think we would be at the position we are now. Yeah. Do you know I mean we would have missed the boat? Whereas I feel like just by fucking ringing it, and, I, and I, I'll go back and say it again, like, you know, we started this in a conservatory in a fucking kitchen. Yeah. Um, you know, literally a kitchen. But neither of us were bothered, but because that, I've, I've kept that attitude to business all the way through. I'm yeah. like, let's just start, and like, we'll, we'll make it better each week as we go along. Like, let's just make it, let's just improve, let's, um, you know, and if you go back and watch one of those early ones, the sound's nowhere near as good. The visuals are nowhere near as good. No. You know? There's a fucking big sheet hanging up behind me, right? Yeah, because it's got a big sheet. That's fridge. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the important thing about that, like my first tattoo studio, which was not palatial or fancy by any stretch of the imagination, we started in exactly the same way that I started and we just got on with it. So by the time we're two years down the road... This ain't looking too bad now. It don't sound too bad. If you're listening to it as a podcast, I think you'd agree. It probably doesn't sound like the BBC quite, but it, it don't sound... It sounds like local radio. It's getting up there in terms of quality. Oh, yeah. If you're sitting there and you're teaching yourself to tattoo and you think that you've got to have all these other things going, you know, if you're waiting for every single thing in your life to be ideal, right, you're going to be waiting for the rest of your life. Yeah. Because... It's never an ideal time to do any of this stuff. There's, you know, you can always find more reasons for not doing it than you can find for doing it, right? And I think that that's, that's the thing that I took away from it, to do exactly that. You know, use what you have, do what you can, start today. The other side of that is 
the do what you can side of things, right? When I was starting out tattooing, I knew that I'm not going to be the best tattooist in the world. There's just no way, right? So I decided to make the, the competition with other tattooists unfair, right? So really early on, a bit like what you're doing now, I decided out the gate what I was going to do was just do the fucking Paul stuff. Because like I tell people all the time, from a technical point of view, never mind best tattooist in the world, I ain't even the best fucking tattooist in my shop, right? But I am the best Paul. And so if you only have to do that stuff, you can easily be the best you, mm. and then you're not competing with anybody because you've got your own style, and even people that are in the same genre as you go, well, I, like, it's just completely different. It's a completely different yeah. style. It's, it's just that guy. So if people like what I do, they, they will not go to someone else. Like, they won't buy a piece of artwork off me and have you tattoo it. The whole point is, no, I want the guy to do it. I want to buy it from him and I want the guy to do it. So it was this whole, this idea of like, do what you can. So do what you're really good at and don't, don't do, you know, the same as everybody else. Because if you try and do the same as everybody else, then they're going to be able to draw comparisons and go, oh, well, his lining's not as good as so-and-so and his shading's not as good as so-and-so. But if you're creating your own artwork you will be the best guy to make it. I'll tell you where I got that idea from, was I'd seen an interview with Steve Vai. Yeah. Right? Steve Vai's a guitar player. He's one of my favourite guitarists. He's, he's probably one of the best guitarists in the world, if not the best guitarist in the world. And I saw a seminar that he was giving and somebody said to him, so Steve, have you got any uh, deficiencies in your technique? And he sat there and, you know, and he's, he's got his fucking guitar and he's brilliant. You know, I mean, this guy can play better than me one-handed. With just one-handed, he had his arm in a sling. I don't know if you've ever seen that. He, he had to have shoulder surgery. He's fucking better than me with just one hand. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm sitting watching it going, okay, I'll give in. I'll just give in. I've got, you know. But they said to him, you know, have you got deficiencies in your technique? And he said, yeah, sure, there's loads of stuff that I, I'd, I'd struggle to play. So the question then went on, well, do you practice that stuff more then to like to get rid of those deficiencies in your technique? And his answer was simply, no, I just do the Steve Vai stuff and I let everybody else worry about that. I just do the stuff I'm good at. Yeah. And and that really that really stayed with me because I thought, I'll just do the Paul stuff because I'm really good at the Paul stuff. I ain't that good at a traditional rose, you know what I mean? But I'm really good at a Paul rose, yeah. so why don't I just do that? So then I'm never competing with anybody but myself. And as we've talked about this, you know, like over the last couple of years, the other thing that I find now, some, I don't know, 13 odd years later, um, people come to me just for my artwork, right? So I don't have the kind of seasonal dips that everybody else has. I just kind of work steadily throughout the year because the people that want my artwork, they just, they just keep coming. I've built my own audience and I stand out. I think I, I think the seasonal dip, I do think that is something that um, changes with time. Yeah. So, for example, like when you're early in your career, you'll really notice that. But then the longer, like I, you know, like I said, at the minute, you know, I still do like various different styles of tattooing. Like this week alone, like yesterday I did black and grey realistic horror, like a movie sleeve. Today I done some sort of like 
Japanese waves and wind bars, half sleeve on an arm. Tomorrow, uh, I'm doing video game tattoos. Do you mean like yeah. Thursday? I'm doing pirate stuff. So like I'm doing like so many different styles, but I don't have that seasonal dip. Yeah. But when I first started tattooing, I was having the seasonal dip. Massive. So I think, yeah. You know, X amount of years later, I think you you'll find like you know you pro- if you're still getting a seasonal dip after say 10, 10 years, then you know you might yeah. be, you need to reassess like what you're doing maybe. So yeah, see where you are with it. But that was that's basically was was this great piece of advice. You know, just start doing it as quick as you can. Get started. Don't worry about it being fancy. If you want to make it fancy, you can make it. You know, you can make it fancy. Once you, as you go along, and like you know, you'd walk into my current shop, and you'd be like, loads of people commenting on how nice the shop is, but it's taken us um, ten years to get there, and Fuck. you know, every time I used to go up to your shop, it was different. Like, yeah, we just like because well, initially it was because every time you'd come up, there'd be a new person working there, so I'd have to build another booth. Yeah, true. Because it was configured just for me to work in, and then someone else always wanted did, to work there, changing, then someone like... else. So it's it's kind of, but we've kind of now after a, about ten years, we've kind of gone okay, like four tattoo stations in this building's good, a little reception on the front, offices at, at the back and above, and we're all good. So it starts settles out. But honestly, I think if I'd have gone with my original plan, I'd still be fucking saving. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I would. I'd still be trying to save the money. You know what I mean? It's as simple as that. So my advice to you would be, if you get an opportunity to get yourself into a shop and it's and it's not quite the shop you wanted to be in or it's not it's not quite perfect, go for it anyway. Do you know what I mean? Just go for it anyway because if you start tattooing, you can always worry about those things further down the line. You know what I mean? And you might find, as I've found, because I didn't think the village in Catsall was the ideal place to open a tattoo studio. It never even occurred to me. 12 or 13 years later, what I'd tell you is, actually, what we've realised is it's easier to get to our shop than one in the city centre of Birmingham because we're right between two big motorway junctions. We've got parking right outside. There's parking at the end of the road and people go, oh, it's loads easier to get here. I think it's a perfect location. Exactly. But I would never have thought that, right? Now, I wouldn't open up a tattoo studio on a high street in a little town because it's just not worth it, you know? I'd be like, no, we'd carry on the business model we've got now because it works really well. I was thinking about this the other day, right? It's like if we... Cause, so, like, obviously, since COVID has happened, uh, I, I don't know if the same in your part of, of the UK, but, like, we, we noticed a lot of the, 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 the drug users and, and, and the, the, the misfits, let's say, that hang out in city centres have been kind of, like, sent to the smaller towns, put up in hotels to get them out of the city um, during COVID and a lot of them have stayed so certain areas like like our town start to get a bit like you know, you've got people there and you're like ah, you're kind of making it look a bit bad um, yeah. and we had an incident where a drunk guy knocked Reese's wing mirror off and like I messaged I messaged the, the, the council and the councillors and I was like you know, we need to sort this out. We've been in the town for fucking years. Like, the shop I'm in has been a tattoo shop in Bridgend for probably more than 30 years. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, been, it's the oldest tattoo shop in Bridgend. And we turned around and we said, you know, it's getting to a point now where we are seriously considering withdrawing our business from the town. 
we ain't. I just said it to kind of prove a point. Yeah, you but got like, it. Did, it did get me thinking, like, where would I... If I was to open up another shop now, or, or we were going to close this, where would we open up a shop? And I honestly would open up on an industrial estate. Yeah. I've thought about it. I've looked at a lot of the industrial estates. Like, say, for example, down by in, in Bridgend, there's, like, part of the industrial estate where you've got... You've got a cafe, you've got a donut shop as well. You've got another you've got loads of food places down there. The the units are fairly cheap, they're massive, and they've all got parking and easy access. There you go. So it's like, you know, it's it's a no-brainer, like. If I was doing it um round here, then but I'd never get in because they get bought up too quick by developers. But the one that I've always thought would be a good shout is all the pubs that are shut in, which is a real shame for somebody like me, because I love the pub. Um, I'd love to get an old boozer mm. and open up a tattoo studio in an old pub because old pubs, like particularly country pubs like we've got around here, they've all got massive car parks. Yeah. I could do the licensees course and I could actually have the bar open after a certain time of day. It'd be awesome. This is the mad thing, right? And this, see, this is fucking, this is nuts. I thought about this years ago, sitting in one of my local pubs, right? And if you go through the front door and you go to the left, you've got like the bar and then you've got the lounge, right? And I just yeah. thought, it would be fucking awesome, right? That, like that, like see, the door that you would go into on the right-hand side, that's permanently closed. So to get into the shop, you go in through the left-hand side, but the bar itself, one side of the bar is the reception area. The other yeah, side yeah. of the bar is your stencil-making area. So, like, you literally go in, they'd sit down, they'd have a chill out, they wait, and, like, you're behind the bar then, like, making your stencils, do you mean? And then they come through to the, the lounge. Yeah, I it, think would, be it would be fucking cool. Yeah, but the, the, the problem is, I don't know if it's the same by you, but by us, what they do is um, developers... They they buy the they buy the thing, knock the pub down, and then put a load of flats up, or um, I don't know, like big sort of fancy houses, apartment complexes, mm. you know, and all that sort of stuff, because that's what they're doing around by us. Like it's got daft by us. They spent all of the eighties doing barn conversions, and now the people are converting the barns back to barns. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, that's fucking nuts. You know, because it's they, they want other things, you know, but it's uh, it's just it's just one of them things. So that's. You know, that's kind of basically my advice is, you know, don't get too um, lost in the gig economy and the hustle culture and having a million things going on. Keep your eye on the ball and kind of st- and, and really stick with one thing, you know what I mean? Because like oh, we've said yeah. a, a lot of times, you know, like I, I think I was talking about this a couple of weeks ago where I was saying like, I, even I can't serve two masters like tattooing and music. I've got to pick one of them. And so, you know, the... And that was the main thing, you know, that conversation yeah. that we had. Well, this is the same kind of thing. It's like you've got to stay on fo- like focused on the thing that you're going to be doing and don't worry about, oh, when I'm doing tattoos, I can sell prints, I can sell T-shirts. It's like, wait till you're doing tattoos. Do the first hurdle Do first, the right? Yeah. And also, if you haven't got the budget for a million-pound operation... That shouldn't stop you starting, right? You can't start a million pound operation if you've only got a few quid. Then start the way you start and get moving that way. You know, just get started. Like I said, I'd, I'd still be saving for this. But in the last decade and a half, you know, I've been making money as a tattooist. And, you know, consequently, I, I have sold some T-shirts from time to time and I've sold some prints from time to time. And there is a bit of software that you can buy from me, you know, and that. But... 
all of that stuff has has happened over the years rather than trying yeah. to do it at launch, you know. And I think it was a really good bit of advice of just like it's it's more important to start like because we could be still sitting planning the perfect tattoo show, couldn't we? Yeah. But we've actually just spent two years sitting down every week recording and and slowly but surely tweaking it, you know, each week, get this a little bit better, get that a little bit better, and there we are. Yeah, it was like London on the weekend. It's like I didn't want to take all my fucking camera gear up here because it's fucking expensive. And I thought I'll just take up a, a little, you know, my B yeah. rig and just wing it and just see what happens. And the footage wasn't the best, but we did manage to use it. But then I've learned from that and I've gone, right, okay, now I know what I need to take with me in order to make sure that I get fucking, yeah. you know, the, the perfect video. And also, like, what to film and, you know, with interviews. And uh, and then obviously is the, should I go on stage with Paul and make myself look like a fool, you know. <laughs> or a rock god. <laughs> so I just come out and just be like, rock and roll! All of that. No, so that's that's my advice. It's better to start and get on with it and um, don't sit there doing too much planning. Obviously, a bit of planning is always a good idea, but starting is a big point. It's a big part of it. Yeah. So with that, this has been That Tattoo Show. I hope this has been helpful. Uh, don't forget, if you want to read the column in total, it's, it'll be out now. By the time you're oh, watching this, then it'll be out. The column will be out. If for any reason you can't get hold of Total Tattoo, head over to our website and you can read it there probably a couple of weeks afterwards. So just have a look. And all the stuff that I've written for Total and a bunch of other stuff is all on the blog, on the website. Uh, and because I'm trying to make this a habit, shout out to the Spotify listeners. Thank you very much for listening on Spotify. Yeah, uh, There's a lot of you listening and we really do appreciate it. You've definitely made the right decision. Well done, because you don't have to look at us. You can just listen to us instead. And so with that, I've been Paul. And I've been Chris. And this has been That Tattoo Show. And we'll see you next week, guys. Bow, Take bow, care. Bow, bow, bow. ding dong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have we thanked our sponsors? We probably haven't thanked the sponsors for a little while, actually. We should probably thank them now before we go. So um, thank you very much, Rob, from Electrum Supply for continuing to support the show. We really appreciate it. Look out for an Love interview you, Rob. with Rob on the show coming up yes. in the coming months. We're going to get Rob on the show. And also to our new sponsor, Raw, whose logo I still haven't probably put on the front of the show because I haven't got round to it yet, but he won't mind. So it's a thank you to James for uh, also sponsoring the show. And we'll get James on at some point as well, and you can have a chat to him. Yeah. On the interview front, we were literally before we were recording. Oh, by the way, welcome to the outro preamble that we do. Yes. We've been approached by a few people in the industry that want to come on the show and do um, interviews with us and everything. There's a few technical things to figure out so that we can make them watchable because I don't want to have you watching a three-hour fucking Zoom conversation because I, I won't watch that shit. I just think it's boring. So we're trying to figure out a way of doing it well so that we can edit it and bring you something that's at least entertaining and informative yeah, and is up to the standard that we've established already, you know, because we don't want to go backwards in terms of quality. I just think it would be selling you short and us. So give us a little while with that. We'll figure it out. And so, you know, know that by the time we do bring the interviews, they'll be watchable, you know, rather than utter cack, you know. Yes. <laughs> yes. Be with us. We will get it. It took us two years to get the show to this standard, so hopefully we won't get the... Uh, it won't take us as long to get the interviews uh, to that standard. Yeah, it, 
just let's be honest, it's going to take us a couple of goes to get it done. Yeah. So that's, you know, we'll, we'll do that. You won't see the first couple of goes. Like when we started the show, you saw the first couple of attempts, but you won't see the first couple of attempts at this. We'll do that yeah. off. off. And, uh, and when we're happy with it, you'll see it. Unless the interview is so funny that we just go, do you know what? Let's just put it up. Because it. if, just... you know, if fuck it, we'll just put it up. Uh, so with that, <laughs> thanks for watching all the way to the end. Thanks to our sponsors. Cheers. Thanks to you, because without you, there is no show. So thanks for being here every Sunday with us, whether you're listening to us or watching us. We do appreciate you. Hit the bell, do all of that business. Coming up, loads of giveaways coming up, hopefully loads of interviews. The road to 10K starts here, innit? <laughs> I, was like, I don't know why I thought you said the road to Kenya is on the way I was like I, you... I kind of did say something about the road to Kenya then I bailed on the sentence and reformatted it so here we are this is the road to 10k hopefully as we go along we'll make the show better and better every week yeah man because what we did was we used what we had we did what we could and we started the other day <laughs> exactly <laughs> and you should do the same we gotta go see you later Trump. <laughs> bye <laughs>